With 22 million UK users, LinkedIn offers a fabulous opportunity to find your ideal clients and to stay ahead of your competition. But what do these future clients currently find when they visit your profile? First impressions count. So, are you proud of your fantastic profile because it is client ready and written with them in mind? Or do you look at it and wonder how you could do better because you are not generating leads? My Marketing Guy works with those who want to take advantage of the amazing potential offered by LinkedIn. So, for more details, please email guy at mymarketingguy.co.uk to arrange an initial consultation. Remember, your next client is on LinkedIn. You're listening to Go Fish, exclusively on the pod station. Welcome everyone to the episode 47 of the Go Fish Marketing Podcast. I nearly forgot my numbers then, having pre-rehearsed it in my head. Uh, my name's Mark, my business is Funky Vibes. Joining me are my fellow co-hosts, uh, the ever-inspiring... Um, he was sexy until he buttoned up his shirt, but it's now been put away so I can concentrate fully on the show. Uh, it's uh, Mr Chris Roxburgh from My Marketing Guy. How are you doing, Chris? Not so bad, not so bad. Hi, everybody. And also joining us is now the old hand at this, um, going into her second episode as our also fellow co-host. It's the lovely Ishtar Ali from Ancora Interiors. How are you doing, Ishtar? Very good, episode two. I know, Yay. get in there. You're still I here. So this is the first one today and I was totally buzzing. <laughs> So I am all psyched up for today's discussion. What you didn't realise when you signed up to this was you're going to have to buy a whole new internet system at a cost of like £10,000 in order to be able to to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's been worth it. I'm I'm already getting a lot of laughs and a lot of love from the first podcast. So, you know, I'm quite excited for what's to come now. Chris, I'm worried about the fact she's getting lots of love and laughs from the show. I don't think I've had any love or any laughs. No, and, and it was noticeable that um, you know people did when you introduced Ishtar as a new co-host, people did pile on and uh, um, well they wished her luck. I don't quite know that she needed luck, but um, maybe it was luck working with us. Well, does this constitute us hanging with a cool kid? I'd like to think about it that way. I've just made you two way cooler. <laughs> I think that's right, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'd like to say something witty back, but I can't think of anything. Hooray! I won the first round. <laughs> <laughs> so, moving on to the first. Oh, well, I suppose before we go on, Ishtar. Now this is your second show. Would you like to explain what it is we aim to try and achieve with these shows? Oh gosh, you're putting me on the spot a little bit. But as far as I am concerned, I believe the purpose of these shows is really to share knowledge on um, marketing and business-related topics so that you, the audience, can get some valuable little nuggets out of it. Is that a good summary? That's an excellent summary. It's certainly better than what we'd have come up with. (laughs) (laughs) That was totally off the cuff as well, so yeah. 
Now, Ishtar's already got an episode under her belt. If you want to go and listen to that episode, or indeed all the other episodes, which of course include Chris and I and the lovely Elaine Atherton, um, then you can go and check them out on the podstation.co.uk forward slash go fish. Um, you could also find us on all of the major podcast platforms, presumably using one if you're already listening to us, but in case you aren't, if you go to that website page, you're just given there's links that take you to all of those platforms. It's so easy. Uh, there's no excuse whatsoever. Right. Oh, you can also check us out on social media. We're on all of the platforms, so Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Um, you just go to Go Fish Marketing. You'll be able to find us there. Um, we put some tips out. We post some questions. We want to hear what your thoughts are. Um, if we say something you fundamentally disagree with, tell us. If we forget to mention something, tell us if there is a topic you would like us to cover tell us it's dead easy right moving on to the first uh point of order we usually cover a news tip chris that's current marketing related so it was your turn to come up with one this week what did you come up with well one jumped into my lap uh, a few days ago um during the uh, the test match between england and new zealand when uh, a, a lad on on his debut um people decided to delve into his uh, social media background and in actual fact came up with some pretty foul uh, racist and sexist tweets on twitter obviously now this was this was a day that should have been the biggest in this lad's life, um, but his past came back to haunt him, and I think that there's a number of number of different things you, you, we can discuss around this. But one of the things I've always said on um, on my social media workshops are that you are what you post. So you know, think carefully before you before you post. Uh, whether you're posting on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, whatever, Instagram, all of them, um, because this lad has now been—he's uh, now been uh, suspended from uh, from international cricket. He's only played one game, and of course, now um, the, the tweets, I should say, were something like ten to twelve years old when he was some, when he was eighteen. But now people are delving back into every other player in the side's tweets and they're coming up with things that certainly weren't as bad as, um, as, bad as, as this fellow's. But they are coming up with stuff that could be construed as being amusing, should we say. Not, they're not, the ones I've seen aren't racist or, or, or sexist. Um, they could be construed as being amusing, but times have changed so they are no longer uh, regarded as being acceptable and I think the question is leaving aside the fellow who's been suspended because I think it was absolutely 100% right to do that I think what he said what he did was, was just utterly unacceptable um, but everyone else is now getting dragged into the milestone and how far how how acceptable is it and how far back can you go um, on the basis that standards change language change attitude, attitudes change um, I offer that to, to you two um, what, what, what do you feel is acceptable 
should people be be hung out to dry for attitudes they might have had 10, 12, 15 years ago, or not? Perhaps taking that question and spinning it slightly and then throwing it right onto Ishtar's lap. Uh, <laughs> um, looking at it from a, a business perspective, we are all business owners, so we all use social media now for business purposes. And so there is probably a more focused, I don't know what's the word, aim to be specific with what we post and why we post it because when it's your business you've kind of got the welfare of that always clawing in the back of your head whenever you're doing something and even your personal stuff might be still with the business in the back of your head going well I'd like to post that it's personal and there should be no reason why I can't however it might not look right for the business so I'm not going to do it so we're all in that position i guess now perhaps you might not be i don't know you can correct me if i'm wrong but rewind that to before you were a business owner and perhaps life was a bit more simple there was less responsibilities uh, you could have a b bit more of a laissez-faire attitude towards life and certainly i mean in this particular cricketer's um instance you're going right back to when you're teenagers now uh, both Chris and I suppose I are far too old where we managed to avoid that enormous pitfall because social media wasn't really a thing when I was the same age as this cricketer was throwing these things out. Um, but by the same token, I think it's fair to say that we're probably all guilty of having done something which with hindsight we looked back and thought was utterly stupid in hindsight, when we were young, might not have been this kind of stuff, but we probably, I don't know, ran around with our underpants on our head in the public for a a, a, a dare. And not saying I did, by the way, mum or dad. <laughs> but you know what I mean. It's things that you look back and you go, God, that was a daft thing I did there. Um, so should you be going back through your social media feeds and trying to find these things and deleting them or... Solve it for me, Ishtar. It's such a difficult one, isn't it? I mean, I haven't ever been a real prolific user of social media on a personal level, to be honest. I've kept, I've got on Facebook something like 36 friends and this like 40 friends on Instagram or something. So I think even though I have had in Facebook since 2008 or 2010, I've always had a private profile and that I guess that's just because I wanted to maintain some privacy but that also probably is a sense of like the kind of upbringing that I've had and the type of um you know experiences that I've had that have kind of led me to you know not want to post my whole life on social media versus other people who actually like to do that and like to express their con concerns or like to you know share information that they think is appropriate and obviously at, at when when you're a younger person you don't you don't know what it's going to lead to. You don't know who's going to see that. You don't really have the cares that you have when you become a little bit older. And obviously this, you know, individual is, has, I think, apologised, hasn't he, Chris, on, yeah. on, on yeah. the stuff that happened. And you don't know the, I mean, what he did was, was clearly wrong and you don't know the circumstances to which brought him to that post, right? Is it fair to kind of hold them accountable for, for something that they've done 12 years ago? I feel like it's unfair, honestly. Um, I think if, if somebody's apologised that they've done something wrong, times have, you know, 
time has passed people do change um and I, I think you know when the whole social media thing kicked off I don't think anybody realized how big it was going to get and that it would have such a massive impact on our lives you know now we're 12 years down the line mm -hmm. and so I just think you know going back that far is probably a little bit harsh. But hasn't Ishtar hit the nail on the head there Chris by virtue of her opinion on that being perhaps slightly different from yours it's not a case of who's right or wrong but the fact that because it now exists the debate exists and so from a business perspective you're instantly diluting your client opportunities because people will see it and some might feel sympathetic and and perhaps look back and think in the same way as Ishtar they were young they were daft it, it happens to some people and they learn and they move on and they develop as humans there might be other people who think no that's categorically not acceptable and I'm not going anywhere near them and so whatever the stance is on the debate whether it's right or whether it's wrong you've created a debate and therefore you're going to get caught up in it and lose out either way yeah I, yes and, and Ishtar's right he, he has apologised um is he sorry because he was caught or is he sorry because he wrote them? Um, I, who knows? Only he knows. Uh, I hope it's, um, I hope it's for latter personally. Um, and people do change. Of course they do. Um, what concerns me now is the wider thing that, um, that, you know, as a sports person, is, any, any sportsman, woman is, is their own brand. So they are, they are in business if you like. So they do have to be careful, um, and what concerns me now is all the all the um, all because they've been able to go back donkey's years on his tweets. People are doing it on on every every other high profile sports person's tweets to see what they can dig up, and it's just that that to me is is almost as unacceptable as what he did in the first place i mean he deserves he deserves whatever's coming mm -hmm. to him yeah um but to the to the mildly inoffensive um which might have been might have been mildly inoffensive 10 12 years ago but now um just not acceptable uh, do, do do those tweets deserve to be unearthed and held up to uh, to scrutiny by today's standards yeah it's a tough one isn't it i mean it, it, this is in the news today but it's been in the news for several years i mean look at what was happening with us politics over the last you know four years or whatever there was always <laughs> but it's true like social media always we, we hear it so many times social media posts always come back to bite you in the bum at some point when you know you are becoming successful somebody will find something that has been posted somewhere or a picture as mark alluded to before that you know you might be embarrassed about <laughs> Hang on a minute. That was not a real picture. Um, I yeah, challenge. Yeah. I challenge anyone to find that. a picture. <laughs> I will take on that challenge. But it's. The, but the point is, is like people will. You know, unless you like you were saying that you've adopted social media a little bit later in your life when you're probably a little bit more mature and you're a bit more understanding of what the Im uh, implication and the repercussions of social media can be, then that's going to be different to the, the fact that now kids are using it from the age of nine. So you're going to post, post completely different content because you're in a different mindset and all of this kind yeah. of stuff. So is that going to haunt them in 30 years when they come back and they've posted something inappropriate now? Well, very possibly. If you're doing 
I'm turning it back to more of a business perspective. If you're tendering for huge contracts, um, I did some work for a, a company uh, a couple of months ago, and they were tendering for a, a huge one, uh, absolutely massive it was. When you've got that sort of money on the line, there is every possibility that they will hire people to go back through to make sure that the people who are doing the work for them are people who aren't going to massively damage their brand. If it transpires that they've got um, a load of outrageous racists who have, have been ardent followers of the Ku Klux Klan doing work for their business, that could absolutely cripple their brand identity. And so there is a means of doing it. I think... And I don't watch it, but The Apprentice, I think they have a, a round, don't they, where they get a load of people in, recruitment specialists who dig through everybody's dirty laundry online and start grilling them about it. And that's a perfect example of what might happen. So, I mean, my advice is if you think you've got anything stupid on there, go back and get rid of it. And going forward, just think twice before you press the send button. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, because because I'll say it again, you are what you post. That's a reflection of who you are, what, what you what you write down. So if in doubt, don't do it. Amen. We do have another news feature, don't we, as well, Chris, which is more tied to the topic we're going to discuss today. Yes, we, we do. Um, analytics is our topic today, and uh, I was tasked with looking into Facebook analytics, which was short and sweet, because um, Facebook are scrapping their, their analytics uh, package. So um, that was my job done. <laughs> yeah, indeed. 30th of June. Yeah, well done, Chris. Uh, that's hard work as always on your part. <laughs> Yeah, on the 30th of June, Facebook are getting rid of their analytics tool, which, before everyone starts having a complete meltdown, isn't the insight stuff you use now largely through their business suite option. Um, it was something that I think they created more to challenge the Google Analytics side of things. And on the basis that I think very few people actually really use it um, and... Um, with the change that Apple has implemented with a lot of uh, GDPR and privacy stats, uh, I think Facebook have decided that they're flogging a bit of a dead horse with this one. So it's a ship that sailed quietly out of the dock in the middle of the night. Yeah. But if you are a user of it, you do need to go on there and download your stuff before the 30th of June or else it won't be there anymore. And they only allow you to download in three-month segments as well. So if you've been using it for years, you've got to you get yourself a, a bottle of beer, put some nice telly on and just bed down for the evening because you might be there a while. That sounds like fun. <laughs> uh, well, you can come round and do mine, Ishtar. <laughs> About one less set of figures to worry about, isn't it? To be it? fair, I've never ever looked at it, and I had to get all. I was getting all of my business from Facebook, so that just says something, doesn't it? Well, I, I suppose that nicely brings us on to the topic at hand. Um, in so far as what what you've just said there, um, when we say analytics, what do we mean? Because obviously, we'll mention Google Analytics. We've already mentioned Facebook Analytics, but. What is it that we're actually meaning when we're looking at this? What's what's the point? What do we use them for? Ishtar, I'll start with you. How how do you use them? 
I am going to be absolutely honest. I, I had, when I was on pre-launch, lots of people telling me you have to have your website sorted. You have to have Google Analytics as part of your website. You need to have your, your um, you know, social media pages set up and you need to look at your insights all the time and just track who it is that's looking at you, how, many engage, how much engagement you get into every post. And I can honestly say in the last 18 months, I probably looked at Insights probably twice. <laughs> I've only logged on to Google Analytics today because this was part of the topic. And I was like, wow, there's all this stuff that I didn't even know was there. And um, yeah, I just haven't, haven't, maybe I haven't had time. Maybe I haven't had the interest. Maybe, I mean, whatever it has been, I just haven't really looked at it to the extent that everybody has been telling me to look at it. But I guess how important is it? And that, that would be an interesting part of the discussion today. Well, a very interesting point of the discussion, given what you've just described then. <laughs> uh, Chris, what about you? I use analytics in a fairly sparing way as well. Um, I, In days gone by, I was very excited by the, uh, the Facebook Pixel. Um, it was uh, the Facebook Pixel is... Uh, is headlined to measure, optimize, and facilitate retargeting of your uh, uh, of any campaign that you might have. Um, great, but you've got to analyze. You've got to look at these things constantly and learn from them constantly. And I don't know about you, Mark, but I haven't got the time to be trawling through figures, a lot of which I don't fully understand the implications of. I, I, I tend to concentrate my fire on has my post, whether it's on Facebook, Twitter, in the past, LinkedIn currently, has it generated um, a lot of views? Who have the, where have those, those views come from? Have they been relevant? And if that's the case, then I'm a happy bunny. Um, the other thing is you've got to get a little bit of work from it as well. You've got to get the odd inquiry to, uh, um, to, to, to keep the uh, wolf from the door. I suppose there's, there's two elements to the analytics, Ishtar, in that I suppose, number one, the question is, if you get enough work, is it necessary? Number two, I suppose, it's your, your person is your personality that way inclined? Um I did a, uh, in fact, got the staff to do one as well, where we we did like a personal insights report on what your your personality strengths and weaknesses were, and those those results sort of showed who was more creative and who was more data driven, and so I suspect people who were more analytical would pore over this sort of stuff, whereas the the creatives would have very little time or indeed regard for it and just want to go off and be be creative mm, but i think also it has something to do from personal experience like you wear so many hats when you are are an entrepreneur and you're a business owner right especially at the start and it's extremely overwhelming to have to be the accountant be the lawyer be this be that whatever and still deliver and sell and blah 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 so I feel like on that list of all of those hats that I had to wear and all the priorities, analytics was probably always last because I was always trying to just lead generate and trying to get a message out there. And it, it can probably fling in wood at, uh, mud at the wall kind of approach as opposed to anything more structured. But uh, for me, I feel like that's why it hasn't 
taken too I haven't put too much focus on it to be honest because I just feel like I've all been so much more focused on everything else than that I'm going to stand in the corner of analytics I'm, I'm going to back it up and I'm going to be a a supporter um, because I I think marketing from my past experience was always quite a a salty topic because it was quite there was very intangible elements to it and there was always that air of skepticism so if somebody was going to ask for something um oh i i want to do this and you go all right it's this much the immediate response was well am i going to get the work from that and you go well you might do you might not do at which point i from the when i was a lawyer side of things as a as the owner of a law firm was like well that's not really a good enough answer for me because you're asking me to part seo was a good example um i mean people were asking me for sort of 1500 quid two grand a month to do seo and i was like well how much work am i going to get from this how quick is that going to start to transpire because six months down the line you know that's a lot of money when you're saying it should start to take effect well how much work have I got to get in just to claw back what I've already spent before I then start going into profits? And so things like that, I feel certainly with analytics, like ad campaigns on social media, uh, allow for you to really track that customer journey so you can very much see the nuances of where they've gone, where they've come from, whether you've converted them, which then in turn allows you to go, well, I spent £100 on that campaign and I've had three jobs off that happy days i think as well we are all talking from the point of view of uh of a, of a small a micro business um <clears throat> in our cases at the moment yours might have been a little bit bigger in the past mark your your business um i think if your company is a little bit bigger then the the data that you can collect from your social media sites it does give you a good idea as to the sort of the type of content that your audience is responding to um in in terms of the liking sharing and commenting we can do this from uh to a lesser degree uh, as a as a smaller business but as a larger business you've uh, uh, there the, the will be more content there will be more more members of staff that, that will be able to analyze this we have to do everything don't we and sometimes <laughs> analytics get get put on the back burner once if it for me once i've checked the top line analytics that i'm interested in and as i said earlier that's the that's reach reach of posts uh, am i still achieving a decent reach and um are people still liking sharing commenting ishtar you're going to say something yeah, I was going to say that I thought we would be having this con- conversation and it'd be sacrilegious for me to say that I wasn't really focused on analytics, speaking to two marketing guys. So I am quite in, like surprised about your very different um, opinions on this because I feel like so much, I do realise the value of it. And now that we've had this exercise and I've sat and looked at like, who is actually looking at my stuff? It is so interesting. <laughs> but like, I feel like exactly what you said, Mark, like if you're paying somebody to do your social media for you, this statistical stuff actually becomes much more important because what are you, and what is your ROI? It can't just be on needs. For example, on Instagram, like the insights on Instagram 
there's loads of um, people saying that you need to look at this, at the insights, you need to look at what people are, which posts are responding correctly. But, you know, that just increases your followers. Does that necessarily increase the amount of business that comes to you? So do you want to have 100,000 followers or do you want two leads a month? I mean, to what extent are the insights going to give you one versus the other, I guess? The brain processes nearly 10,000 visual and oral cues per minute. As first impressions stick, make the customer see your business in the right way. Funky Vibes can ensure your vibes attract the right tribe with their marketing expertise, graphic design, bespoke websites and social media packages. For more information or a no-commitment initial consultation, simply email your tribe at funkyvibe.co.uk. So beyond the voyeuristic, which is what Ishtar's just described, I guess that it's where it fits into your marketing strategy, which is always the relevance of these things. So social media, if social media isn't something you get work from and isn't something you need in order to be a successful business, then not doing anything with or paying any attention to social media is a choice you can afford to make because that's not your business. And I suppose analytics is very much the same. It's one of those things where you will probably use it for the specific purpose for which you are interested. So if you want to measure the return on interest of, say, an ad campaign, it's a great tool to do exactly that. If you want to measure your customer journey, then it's another great tool. But if you're not bothered about those things, and there's pros and cons to why you may or may not be, um, trends and preferences is another one. So do you have peaks and troughs throughout the year of audiences? And if so, when and why? Um, these are all things that you can use, but only if you feel it's needed in order to do something specific. So um, you might be having it, you might have enough work, in which case are you just looking at it to try and, anticipate what future opportunities might be um or do you not need it at all at the minute because life's just cushy i suppose i've got to got to qualify what i've just said i, I was talking from a, an entirely personal point of view um as to my attitude towards my analytics when i'm handling the social media for a client and I, as you know, Mark, I handled the, the social media for, for a number of years for a, a law firm uh, up in Lancashire. And I would produce a 14, 15, 16 page report every month for them with the statistics uh, um, all broken down, all analyzed, um, their progress, their progress plotted, the demographics, the sort of people that were responding. And based on information from them, um, the the success or otherwise of a particular strategy. So um, I, I'm all for I'm all for producing figures and analytics um, where where appropriate. But from a personal point of view, I suppose it's once again it's the cobbler and his shoes, isn't it? I think I said this last week too about something. Um, I don't particularly need that myself because I, I suppose a lot of it's carried around in my head, and if I'm if I'm happy with if I'm happy with what's happening that, that where I can see it happening, I, I don't need to forensically examine it. Whereas for a client, I do need to put it down clearly so they can understand what 
uh, what I'm doing for them. What are, we, we must use some a- analytics. So, Ishtar, are there any analytics that you do use on a on a regular basis? It doesn't have to be marketing ones particularly. Do you know what? Because I'm probably most active on LinkedIn at the moment, I do keep an eye on how far my reach is for my posts, to be honest. I think that's the main one. And I remember last year when I'd set up my renovate business, my focus was obviously my target audience was women. And so I was actually checking gender related stats. But other than that, probably not a lot, to be honest. And you, Chris, do you have a a preference on, on analytical data you do use? Yeah, once again, LinkedIn. Um, <clears throat> the reach of LinkedIn and from, from the reach... Um, you can uh, you can find out where that reach is coming from, um, the sort of job titles that uh, that they have. It doesn't give names, which is frustrating. It'd be great if they did, wouldn't it? But um, um, but the the sort of uh, the sort of job titles, the location. So there there is some geodemographic uh, information that you can you can achieve. I quite um, I, I mean it's it's slightly further down the line, but. Um my accounting software allows for me to look at what work, what types of work have come in and obviously what the profit margins are for that work. So if I've done a campaign that's specifically focused on um, websites and, and getting website work in, has that turned into actual jobs? And if it has, what have been the margins of that as against, say, a graphic design campaign and, and which type of work do I want to go after uh, yeah. more in the future is the one that's better than the other um is it one the one that's more profitable might be harder to get hold of in which case then you you going into the do you need to do the campaigns will you make the money back so there is i suppose we've mentioned a lot of the analytical data that comes with the social stuff but this is analytical data that probably will run right the way through your business and you might not even realize it's marketing relevant by virtue of the fact that I mean, you you might be just looking at how many how many jobs you've had on the board. Well, that might feel more like it's a business process, or even turnaround times. Turnaround times, you might be thinking, well, that's not got anything to do with marketing. Well, maybe it has. Maybe there's a type of work you can turn around quicker. In which case, do you go after that as a campaign? Is that a boast? If you can turn it around super fast, is that something you want to promote as being a a USP? absolutely yeah 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 you're right because i think actually going on what you said like the accounting statistics are actually a statistic and an analysis point for me as well because you'll see peaks and drop in work like which seasons were the most busy and which ones were less busy and stuff so yeah you're right actually and i suppose it allows you to be more uh, effective uh you can use your budget more precisely if you've got a limited budget if you've got 100 quid to spend you want to spend it on something which is going to make the most of that 100 pound not speculatively spend it and hope for the best Um, and the the data that comes from those campaigns will allow you to analyze what worked and what didn't and if it turns out your 100 quid was completely wasted by looking at that data you can at least go well i won't be spending me 100 quid on that next week yeah, at the right, at the wrong time either. Yeah, there is a challenge when it comes to analytical analytical data because there is that much of it out there at the minute. Your approach has very much been ah, f- 
Okay. <laughs> your your approach has been very much. Uh, I'll I'll not do that. <laughs> but is there anything that could persuade you to perhaps change that approach from from your business perspective? I mean, I'm ignoring what you do for your clients because I've seen firsthand the reports you do. You do do this stuff. But what is it that perhaps might open the gates to the wonderments of more analytical data in your life? I, I suppose um, well, we, we touched on it earlier. I suppose if there was, if there was any semblance of uniformity between, uh, between all the various platforms, it would make it, would make it a lot more easy to, to appreciate. But, um, you know, LinkedIn will, uh, will provide analytics by a certain criteria, Facebook, a different criteria, Google, different again far more complicated and weird um instagram i don't know um i'm sure ishtar does because you, you you're an insta person aren't you ishtar yeah. but they're, they're all they're all different and um obviously they're all different they're all different companies they they probably trade off being different but um that's not good for for somebody like me who just wants a quick look look at the top line um, is it working? Isn't it working? Am I, am I reaching the right people or not? If I'm not, it, what am I doing wrong? Is it the language I'm using? Is it the time I'm putting my uh, social media posts out? What's wrong? Because you can tell, tell an awful lot. Um, it, but, but it's just, just so complex to go through each and every, um, each and every platform and, and work out its vagaries. Is segued wonderfully into the challenge that we set ourselves this week, um, which was uh, last week, you remember, we all threw our pictures into the mitts for public scrutiny and our egos were somewhat battered and bruised come the end of it. <laughs> this, this week, we wanted to try and have a look at our statistics on some of the more common platforms um, I, I quite like the idea of doing a top trumps, but actually what, what's transpired is that we've just found out, we found out very much what Chris has said, that there's not really a consistency across the platforms for getting the same information. Uh, we've mentioned in previous episodes about how some platforms are more geared towards certain demographics of people, uh, whether it be age or sex, um, and therefore... Uh, it will be handy to be able to analyze that data on all of the platforms to make sure that that is in fact the case. So what we did was we, we set um, the target of going onto Instagram, Google, and LinkedIn. The initial plan was to look at our statistics and data for location, uh, demographic, sex demographic, and age demographic. What we found was that it was absolutely impossible to do that on all three of these. So, um, Ishtar, for let's start with Instagram because that was the one where we did actually get all three forms of data. Was there any information that was particularly of surprise for you? Yes, my um, country location demographic was highly surprising, and actually, my plan of world domination may actually be coming true without me even knowing it. Excellent. I manage to uh, have followers in the UK, US, uh, UAE, Brazil, and France. 
Nice. Nice. Business <laughs> trips business trips to there in the future. Obviously, post-pandemic. You don't want to go there at the minute. Brazil's not a place to visit at the moment. No. <laughs> to be fair, the UK, US and UAE make sense because I've got connections there. Brazil and France, new. What sort of percentages are we talking for the non-UK countries then? Um, Non-UK countries below 10%, to be fair. Okay. I I have 1.1% of my followers are from Indonesia and Vietnam. Now, I don't know anyone there, so I'm intrigued as to who actually finds my content even remotely interesting in Vietnam. But, hey, if you want to get on the blower, we can have a chat. It'd be nice. <laughs> Pen pals, perhaps. Yeah, I... I have 92.6% of my uh, demographic is UK-based. And actually, uh, look at that, 35% is actually regionally-based as well. So my my strategy very much is to, to dominate the area I live in. <laughs> I want to be the king of the castle. Dominate, dominate West Kirby. Yeah, yeah. So while you're on the process of world domination, when you get to the Wirral and Merseyside-ish time, you've got yourself a problem because you'll have me, the king, to have to deal with. Uh, I reckon I'll leave you to your plot. <laughs> so I was quite pleased with that. What about um, age range? Are you young and hip with the young kids? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, six. No, 70% of my followers are aged between 25 and 44. Okay. So, uh, and which is the most popular age range that you, you get? 44, which is actually my target audience. Okay. Yeah, my 35 to 44 is my most popular one. But actually, if you break that down into the sexes, I actually attract more young men. I should phrase that very carefully. <laughs> And more older women. <laughs> That's well interesting. Wait, let me read. Mine it Oh, I'm an equal split, men and women, at the same age range, to be fair. Well, uh, I, I seem I seem to be more of an interest to those more more mature, um, which I will take as a compliment, quite frankly. Brilliant. <laughs> and you also you also mentioned Ishtar that your your specific target is the female market. Yep. Does that reflect your followers? Yeah, 70%. Because I've got 65.4% men. Now I don't know whether that's because for example we sponsor a a grassroots club. So I don't know whether the figures are slightly warped by the fact that those those lads will probably follow and and therefore change it. I, I wouldn't I'm I'm quite surprised by that size of demographic larger because I don't think the content is particularly male orientated. So mm. but clearly there's something that's attracting more men and more, more mature women. <laughs> Maybe we need to dig deeper into those analytics, Mark, and find out. Absolutely. What about Google Analytics location wise? What what were the stats coming out there? Oh, so I got country splits, um, 60% UK, 40% US. Okay. It's strange, isn't it, the US and, and what the size of the percentage is for people yeah. following? 
Yeah, but I mean, like, I probably know where in the US people are logging in from because it's probably friends, to be fair. And <laughs> so I, I think that probably is why it's not as high as, I mean, still 40% is quite a high amount, no, to be fair, on, on my uh, analytics. But I think I did it for the last, like, 30 days or something like that. So it's more skewed if it was a longer period. I, I had... Um... 40% which was UK based which is good 36% USA don't know anyone in America so again the one real interest was 28% of my website visitors for the last 30 days have been from Germany wunderbar that is sehr gut uh, if my German followers are listening uh-huh. <laughs> danke schön leave a comment <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in German, I'll, I can read it. I can dust off the GCSE German books. We're all right. We'll get there. Um, so, yeah, that was quite surprising. I mean, 28% from Germany seems an awfully large number of people from Germany going onto my website. Yeah. And it's not even in German either. No, no. Clearly, I'm a, I'm of interest to the mature lady and a German. <laughs> not a German mature lady. Hey, uh, what about LinkedIn? Uh, what what sort of location demographics were you picking up, Ishtar? Twenty four percent from Manchester. This is the, actually the uh, this is actually much more geographically UK focused, which was interesting. So a lot of my posts are being read in the UK. I have got two percent of fol- uh, followers from Portugal and two percent from Germany as oh. well. Good old Germany. And what about you, Mr. Roxburgh? I've got um, 42% Liverpool, 23% Chester, 21% Manchester, which I probably attribute to uh, to the, the various workshops that I do over there for, uh, for one Manchester, which is where I met Ishtar. Um, Warrington's uh, 3%, then I've got... London, no. <laughs> Wigan. Um, I shouldn't laugh. But I've got as many in London no, as I have in London. <laughs> I, you see, this is quite that's quite interesting because I have thirty six percent of my uh visitors or followers uh Chester based, uh twenty nine percent Liverpool, and then it drops right back to six percent Manchester. That was me. So again, it, my 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 demographics are very much locally orientated, which is consistent with what I try and target. Th- this is where it's quite frustrating about the lack of consistency because some information is quite useful on platforms, which would be useful on others. On um, on LinkedIn, now we we did a photo feeler review last week, Chris, and you came across as being very influential and. Uh, I, I don't want to say sophisticated because I don't think that was, but something along those very, lines. Very yeah. So with your demographics, what sort of seniority stats have we got? What kind of people are, are, are linking in with you? Yeah, um, I've got 26% senior, uh, 22% director, um, 13.5% vice presidents, um, owners, thirteen and a half percent, and then I've got um, 
entry level, 13% and so on and so forth. And uh, so, so yeah, some fairly, some fairly senior people um, there, which I'm happy with. What about you, Ishtar? What, what, what's your influential address book looking like? Yeah, actually, that's really interesting about that entry thing because I hadn't actually read that in great detail before. But based on the business, I've got um, so sorry, just because I've just spotted how interesting that is. So, senior people 37.3, entry 22.6, director 19, VP 8%, manager 6, owner 3, CXO 1, partner 1. Yeah. It's odd, isn't it, how you get those different stats. I've got 30% senior, uh, 28% directors. Entry, I mean, I don't really know what entry is. That comes in at 20, 12%. I don't really know what entry is. Um, obviously, VPs. VPs is a very American thing, though, isn't it? Vice presidents and yeah. presidents. So that doesn't surprise me. That's quite low. And XCOs, that that's sort of a bit of a... Another, officer. Yeah. yeah, it's a bit of an Americanized position. Um, the job function is uh, job function is bang on for me. Um, it's who I want to target. I've got forty four percent business development, so you know that's that. I'm happy about that. Um, the top one. Yeah. What about you, Ishtar? What's your top one? business development as well which is so strange to be fair because i obviously am not targeting a particular job function because i can help everybody <laughs> nice nice plug there uh yeah i i too have business development at top of my list 37 percent. that was hmm. me thinking i was doing something uh clever to uh... <laughs> no well this is the probably top trumps chris yeah this is probably top trumps you lose some when you thought you were gonna win uh Right, uh, I suppose we should sort of wrap this up slightly with uh, um, perhaps how people might want to try and understand whether or not it's relevant for them. Have, have we got any tips to give them about whether or not they should look into it, who they're perhaps best speaking to? Chris Roxborough. <laughs> uh, yes, I have. Um I think choose the choose the analytics that you regard as being important to you and try to block out all the other noise because it is noise and you can end up making life incredibly complicated if you try to take all the analytics on board. So find out what what's important to you and, and go with that. Indeed. Shameless plug for, for Mr. Roxbury. If you're going to do, say, a LinkedIn lead campaign, then um, LinkedIn stats are going to be of relevance. And perhaps Google Analytics might be to see whether that traffic is visiting your website off the back of that. There are other things perhaps you can do to tap it in, but Facebook Insights is of zero relevance to you if you're doing a LinkedIn campaign, really. So, it, like you say, it, you, 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 you're silencing stuff that, that perhaps isn't necessary. Um, I think you've got to. You, it, it boils down to marketing strategies, doesn't it? Really, have you got a strategy? Do you know what it is you want to do? Why you want to do it? How are you going to do it? What your budget is for doing it? And that will then help you determine what stuff might be of use to you. If you don't have those, again, it's just you're sort of fumbling around in the hope you might come across the right analytics for the right thing. 
It goes all the way back to, we've said it countless times on these podcasts, know your customer, target your customer, then check the analytics to make sure that your customer is the one that is responding, is looking at your posts, is uh, is is actually contacting you and engaging. So know your customer. Yep. Indeed. Um, and, of course, always bear in mind GDPR, that wonderful four-letter pain in the ass that is GDPR. So, <laughs> yeah, as I mentioned before, analytics can be stuff that you do internally um, for your own internal benefits. It doesn't have to be a platform that provides you with all these tools and just be careful when you're doing it to make sure you're not doing anything you shouldn't be with that personal data. Uh, definitely a tip, Ishtar, do we have a tool tip? Um, I would just... Honestly, I did research and think which one's going to be the best. But to be fair, I think you should just pick, as Chris rightly said, pick a platform based on a strategy that you have and just focus on that insight or that analytic and just let everything else go. Because that I feel like ignorance is bliss when it comes to analytics because if you look at your analytics and it doesn't show the correct um, stats, then you've got to change your marketing content and that leads to a whole host of other beautiful things. So if you just get in your customers from wherever you're getting them from, focus on your content, focus on your insights from that particular topic because there's just no point in looking at Google Analytics if it doesn't mean anything to you. Now, I guess uh, uh, perhaps a tool tip, I've, I've mentioned this one before, um, Hotjar is a great one for your website. Um, if you, It's really easy to install. There is a free version you can use. It creates a heat map on your website, and you can put it on all of the pages or just specific pages. And so what you can do is, in addition to perhaps looking at your Google Analytics to see who goes where, what you can also see when they land on that page is what they do in in actual terms. So if they, the cursor tends to go over to a certain point on the page or if they only scroll so far down the page, if you've got the world's most amazing uh, call to action three quarters of the way down the page, but actually only 1% of people scroll down that far, what you realize is from Hotjar's results, you need to move that call to action further up the page. Um, I was introduced to it by someone who'd done some work with a, a large insurance company and they'd used it and they'd found that they'd increased their um, sales calls by about 40% by moving the callers button from the middle on the banner to the top right-hand corner because what they found from the heat map was that because people con tend to control the mouse using the right hand, the natural inclination was for the cursor to sort of wander off into that top right-hand corner. Um, and with the call button being there instead of in the middle, people were already hovering over it straight away when they landed. And so their natural reaction was click and get on with it. So useful tool. That is a useful tool. With uh, a full analysis of that episode, we've done analytics to a point <laughs> yes thank you very much that wasn't that wasn't even planned people it was a good one thank you uh i get far more compliments from you ishtar than chris he's just thoroughly unamused by my witty bants 
<laughs> I was waiting for him to say something nice, but no, it wasn't coming, was it? No, no, no. no. Move on, Mark. <laughs> so, uh, hopefully you found that episode useful. If you haven't, let us know. If you have, let us know. You can send an email to goldfish at thepodstation.co.uk. Get in touch with us on the social media platforms mentioned at the outset. If you've got a subject you want us to touch upon, send us there. Give us a review uh, if you're listening to us on the platform. It's dead easy. Uh, just go on there, give us five stars, and uh, all will be well. <laughs> um what else check out all the other shows they're all on there this is number 47 so there's 46 other ones that you can listen to that you'll hopefully find useful share them with your friends share them with your enemies uh share them with your business contacts share them with random people i don't know it's all good for us uh, but hopefully more people who hear it will hopefully find it useful and so we can help them uh thank you very much for listening ishtar chris thank you as always for your wonderful input thank you mark and uh, we will catch you next time guys we'll see you later bye now all the best bye now get social at go underscore fish marketing on instagram facebook and twitter